Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive, personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of Positive Talk Radio. And welcome, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. It's a Monday afternoon. It's and uh, Eric Hall is joining me today for this uh, episode because I he didn't believe it either. When no, uh, I thought no, he sent me. I thought it was a typo. Yeah, the so did I when I when I first uh, uh, read that. Uh, by the way, our guest this hour is, uh, and I'm probably going to massacre your last name, so don't take it personally. Um, Shanti. Uh, Henderson. Hershenson. 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 I knew it. Hershenson. Hershenson. I can't even, even when I practice it, I can't even get it. Think sometimes. Hershey bar. Yeah. In the past tense. Rather Hershenson. than Hershey, Hershen, and then son. Hershenson. Oh, I wish I'd have thought of that so before. Hershey bar had a son. Uh, and uh, Shanti, how are you today? Uh, I'm great. How are you? Well, we're, we're doing really good. I'm I'm excited to talk to you. As, as is Eric, because yeah, you've done kick. something that is pretty extraordinary for somebody your age. First of all, you just turned uh, 14. When's your birthday? Uh, October 15th. Oh. So exactly a month cool. ago. Yeah, yeah. sorry we missed it. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, um, now, you've done something that I don't know that I've ever heard of before. Um, you've written as you've written 12 books and seven of them have been published. Yeah, it's, I get it. I get, um, told a fair amount of times. It's like, that's unheard of. And I don't know, to me, it's like normal. So it's like, I don't exactly register that it's different in any way though. Sometimes it's like, I'll be like, wait, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, when did you start writing? So I've been writing for, I've just, I've loved writing since I was young, but I think I really started writing kind of in the middle of the pandemic when I was kind of, I was just sad. I was missing all my friends and extracurricular activities. And I just sat down and I wanted to write a book and I wanted to write a novella. Actually, I didn't think I could write a whole book and uh, it did not turn out to be a novella. It turned out to be um, this 200,000 word, 800 page novel that I had to split into three books. My and that's gosh. kind of where it all started. Really? <laughs> <laughs> during during covid yeah so this was recent mm -hmm. i was 12 when i started writing it and then i think i turned 13 around the same time i finished the first draft and started editing it because i had to add a bunch of scenes because i did not like the first draft at all the first draft was around a hundred thousand words and there was so much more i wanted to add that i kind of missed so i went back and i edited it and over the course of about two months maybe three months i ended up writing this giant new draft and it just <laughs> i can i still can't really figure out how i've done it i've written a bunch more novels since then but i cannot figure out how i managed to get two hundred thousand words as opposed to like a hundred thousand words which would be a little See, more i don't even know if i've spoken two hundred thousand words in my life <laughs> first of all are you really a 40 year old and a 13 year old thing there <laughs> I, I, I don't understand that that is that is just absolutely amazing to me I, thank you yeah i this can't is really wrap my head around it myself yeah what what are your books or what was what was the the two thousand two hundred thousand word book about so it was um an alien invasion dystopian novel and it takes oh, place 30 cool. years after an alien invasion where the aliens have essentially taken over the world and they have, um, they've built these biomes for the humans to live. And there are things, I think there's like a dozen of them. And they're like the dark forest biome or the grasslands. And the humans, when they turn 13, are sorted into these biomes. And it follows a couple different characters and a couple different point of views, um, along with the villain's point of view, too. 
And the villain's this really cool guy, but I can't get into that without spoiling the book. But when it kind of follows these teenagers as they struggle to survive in the biomes with sickness and eventually like want to travel and kind of break free of the biomes and free their world. But of course, that can't happen without lots of death and sacrifice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is <laughs> now how long were you um, were you imagining this before you put it down on paper so i think it must have been a few months earlier this is gonna kind of this is really funny but my sister and i were playing a game of minecraft together and we came up with this world because there are different biomes in minecraft and we were like just came up with this like game with these different biomes i don't remember the exact details of it but i do think a part of that and i'll have to, i really do kind of somewhat credit my sister for part of this idea was that like, okay, there are these biomes and you can only stay in one. And then that slowly developed into alien invasion and all of this crazy stuff that happens in that book. So now did you write a sequel to that one? Um, so what happened with Biome Lock was it was so long that I kind of split it into three different parts. The first one's out. It's um, 50,000 words-ish. I had to split into three books after cutting down some scenes. And it's about... 250 pages and it's only like the, the beginning of their story where the main character griffin has um a lot of like he essentially falls ill and it takes um the role of kira as she um like travels to get the sickness in a, like the cure to his sickness and meets a lot of people and has a lot of um secrets herself that she's hiding and then there's a sequel to that book which is the next part of their journey and the third which is significantly longer than the other two it's about a hundred thousand words and that one is where, like, everything kind of really picks up. And then I, um, last summer, I wrote a fourth Biomlock book, which is kind of after the events close. It's like, guess what? It's not done yet. And that one was pretty cool. But that one needs some work, so. Wow. So you've got a, not a trilogy, but a quad quadrilogy or something. Mm -hmm. So you At got some four point, I think it's going to be like a sequel trilogy. Terrific. Wow. Is, Sounds is, like you got a strong handle on this. How old is your sister? Um, I, I have a twin sister, so she's also 14. Twins? Wow. Wow. What's it like to be a twin, by the way? It's honestly, it, it's good for writing inspiration. It's also, I think, being a twin's awesome, because I have someone who's the same age as me, who we do share some interests, and it's like pretty much having a best friend who's always with you, and like you can't lose your best friend, kind of. Yeah. Do you guys uh, um, finish each other's sentences and stuff like that? I've heard that's big. It's like not really, but we do. Um, we have like shared a, like similar thoughts and stuff, but I don't think we really finish each other's sentences that much. But it's like twin connections, definitely a seldom, seldomly a real thing. That is that is just awesome. So what was now? Was that the first book you've written? You've written. You've got 12 in the catalog. Seven have been, are on Amazon. Um, what was the first book so, that you wrote? The first book I wrote is like kind of by luck. I wrote these two really short. They're kind of, they're pretty much short stories, but they're like combined with, they're like combined with lore and poems and stuff. And I wrote them with my friend in the beginning of sixth grade. I don't like them. They're so outdated now that it's like embarrassing to think about, but it's like, I've been writing short stories and I had, I wrote, I used to like bind together pages and write children's books. I do think the first book I technically wrote was Biome Lock, though I ended up before the first Biome Lock book was published. I heard already published uh, several books before that. So that's kind of chaotic, but those were more novellas. Go ahead, Eric. Well, so tell me about the publishing process. You got the book written and you're feeling good about it and it's time to get it out there. What process did so, you go to get that done? So what I use is I use um, self-publishing because I think it would be really stressful for me right now to have to query a bunch of agents and kind of go through that process of rigorously editing my book till it's the till it fits the publisher's standards, especially because I'm still 14 and I got school to worry about and writing my next books. But for now, I use um, self-publishing and I use two platforms to do that. I use um, KDP for the paperbacks and eBooks. And it's Kindle Direct Publishing, so they distribute to Amazon. And then I have hardcovers now, and for those, I use Ingram Spark, where I kind of put it through this distribution process, and I get it into like different catalogs and bookstores. And um, one of my hardcovers is on BarnesandNoble.com right now, and that was really cool. Dynamite. So, are you concerned about marketing at this point? 
I mean, so I do a lot of marketing. I've learned to use um, the app TikTok for my marketing and um, Instagram is another one that I started to use, but then they changed their advertising process and I kind of had to um, pull my marketing from there. And um, I use also, this is the really coolest part. I um, use these websites where basically I can have my books discounted on Amazon for um, a bit in these websites. I'll kind of submit my book to them and they'll, um, for a small fee, they'll kind of blast it out to their subscribers as a discounted book. And it'll completely like boost the sales of my books, like insanely. Like I sold 4,000 books in one day and I had three different books on sale that day. And each of them sold around <laughs> one of them sold uh, 1500 for like a really discounted price, which is kind of sad because I didn't make enough, but it was still really cool. And I was freaking out. That is fantastic. Do you realize that the average author sells the average book and they're at maybe 200 copies for the entire book? Uh, and and you are... You're already way ahead of the curve. You're, gonna, you're going to be really, really prolific. What Now, I know that you also do poems and you also do... Uh, um, um you go to uh various places cafes and stuff on on their their oh, uh, their night out or i'm not sure what even what you call it their their uh well open yeah i'll ask nights. you what do you call it? yeah the open what? night night open, open mic night open mic night oh, yeah I dig that i dig that how How's do you that? like doing that mm-hmm. it's a uh, really fun it's also nerve it's also really nerve-wracking but it's one of my favorite things now, who got you into that? Are your parents writers? Are they performers, artists, um, or something? I think my, my mom's kind of a performer. Uh, my mom used to be a magician, and that was also really because she used to do the really? magic, uh, like magic shows for birthday parties, and perform a lot. And my dad's not really a performer. I think I'm trying to think. So for the poems, um, I don't want to credit my school for it, but it's like we had to write a spoken word poem for a project in sixth grade, and we had to perform them. And I do think. That was a good thing that came out of that but it's like i've been writing poetry since the fourth grade i um we had a poetry unit in the fourth grade and i wrote about 10 poems that i bound into this book i still have it somewhere and the poems were all mediocre but they were still like i'll go and read them sometimes and i'm like kind of impressed with myself Wonderful. <laughs> do, do we get to hear some of your writing um i could perform one of my poems but it's kind of oh we'd love that I could perform one. Yes, please. Please, we'd love that. It's, um, all right, so I'm trying to think, which one do I want to do? So I can do um, Needles and Thorns, which is this kind of like call to action poem. It's also, it's a little sad. And it's about uh, my school and bullying because I faced a lot of bullying. And this one I've kind of received the most like acclaim for, I feel like. So if, you'd li- if you would like, I can do that. That would be awesome. Wonderful, yes. All right. So, here we go. Um, These people don't listen. No, they refuse to hear. My cries for help, they were suffocated in fear. We're drowned with work, a transition that hurts. Instead, they care for others. It's nowhere to be found. It's been going on all my life, but school changes, it transforms. From conflict to hatred, from telling to dying, I see people crying. The things they say, it sticks to me like the needles of a cactus. But maybe things are more horrifying than they seem, and it all feels like a bad dream. And who said it's just middle school? Because if it all... All this, I don't want any part of this. It's a story intertwined as they say it's all awful, something from the movies until it's all real. And words pile up like thorns in the desert, spoken from one person to another until they gather up and draw blood, forcing us all to wonder, why do we go to middle school just to suffer when this is what it's like with bullies and peer pressure and assignments that feel endless until I want to drop them in a deep crevice. But work drives the least of my worries. It's the cries I wonder about, making me think, does my voice count? Because these people don't listen. No, they refuse to hear. And I can't see a future that's not shrouded in fear. And I wrote that for a project in seventh grade. That is excellent. I love the metaphor with that. I love the metaphor with that. It's, 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 I'm just sitting here in awe. You're not allowed to have that much talent at that age. My goodness. (laughs) This is astonishing. I I don't think I've ever met, uh, I, I consider you some sort of prodigy. Um, I've, I've never met a, a writer prodigy. I've ran across, you know, young people who are excellent musicians or dancers, but you're the first, uh, uh, literary person that I've run into at such a young age that has such a strong handle on language. 
And I'm curious now, since this poem was about bullying, mm -hmm. who so, would bully you? Um, who would bully so you? In sixth I grade, I went through really, I said both my sister and I went through really severe bullying that like, I don't know how much I could go into it. I um, wrote a book, it's a novel told in poetry and it describes almost everything. There's a couple of things that are really bad that I left out, but it goes over like everything. And it's a really dark, it's a wonderful book. Um, recently, I actually, yesterday, um, I received um, a new cover for the book. So now it's like, looks like even better. And it's like, I don't know the intentions of the person who bullied me, though I really do feel bad for them because of that. And it's some horrible stuff that I'm like, still trying to both get over though i do think it really helped me my writing there's a lot of um little like stuff in my writing and in my stories they're kind of taken from that and inspired by that and it's like i all kind of i don't know it's like i really wish it never happened to me but at the same time i'm kind of like i think it got me to where i am today and like yeah well shanti you do know that uh, bullies tend to be very insecure people who are jealous and don't feel like they are as good as, and so they have to compensate by being mean. I'm sure your parents have talked to you about that. Yeah. It's like for this person, I'm not sure what the problem was. They still, they've done this stuff to other people and it gets like beyond like bullying at some point but i'm not gonna let this keep happening because i think my school in some ways has allowed it to happen and i get that they're trying but they're also not trying hard enough so i will i'm trying to work within the school to make changes because there have been other incidents um within my school that like are not even bullying and are really really bad and i will continue to work to make that change instead of leaving the school Congratulations, and that's that's that is a that is a great attitude to have about it, um, because this this whoever this individual is has got to learn that um, bullying is not not the way to go because it's just mm -hmm. it's self it's self defeating and they can't feel good about themselves because they're trying to put you down to make themselves feel better. Mm -hmm. They need help. Yeah, and it's yeah. And I've had, like, since I've had their friends come and attack me and be like, no, they didn't do that to you. They didn't physically assault you. That never happened. And it's just, like, a nightmare. And I've had some of these people now come to me. I've had a lot of people come to me since I wrote the book about the bullying. It's called You Won't Know Her Name. And I've had a bunch of people come and, like, write me notes and slip them into my backpack being like, I've had similar things happen to me. Like, thank you for writing this book. And it made me cry. <laughs> You, no, you, doubt, no doubt you're helping people by by putting those words out there. Um, I admire your strength, your, your wisdom you. to see see a path forward uh, using using these uh, experiences. That's uh, remarkable. Now I know it's hard to believe that both Eric and I were 14 at one time, but it's been so darn long ago. <laughs> What's it like to be 14 in in uh, 2021? So it's like a combination of like difficult, but also it's, I think as a teenager, it is very hard to be a teenager, especially with, I think, a lot of societal pressures we have and in school. I mean, I always like my mind automatically goes to bullying, especially in middle school, because I'll admit it, it's a problem that happens to a lot of people. I've had friends tell me things have happened to them, like in different schools and i think there's a lot of kind of pressure in like around 14 year olds but i also think it's like also kind of like i don't know i like being 14 i like being a teenager there's a lot of like because now it's like there's a lot of stuff happening like i start i'm starting to think about like my future career now and that's like kind of cool but like i've known what i wanted to be when i've grown up since like i was pretty young and i wonder if you can guess what that is <laughs> but would you like, like, would, you like would you like to make writing a career? Yeah, of course. I think I either want to be I'm still going to for sure be um writing books or at least hopefully and I think I also might want to be like a screenwriter and like write movies kind of and write the scripts of movies. I got a question for you since you're a poet. 
Do you know who yeah. Bernie Taupin is? Um, I think so. Wait, who? Because I think I do. <laughs> His name is Bernie Taupin. Yeah. He met way um, back. He writes the songs for Elton Man, you're smart. <laughs> I was gonna because I was gonna say that uh, that he um, met a guy who could not write music to say or music or write lyrics to save his life but he was a great uh, musician and that's uh, bernie bernie taupin hooked up with elton john and then most of the greatest songs that elton john ever ever sang were written by bernie taupin and he lives in a very I, um, nice house now in 2019 i saw elton john in concert did you really oh, good for you yeah <laughs> oh, I, I saw him in 1975 in concert oh wow I know my mom went when she was like eight and that was her first concert. Yeah, well, sadly, I think I'm old enough to be your mom. I'm old enough to be your great grandpa, I think, at this point. Um, but uh, at, at, now, what do your parents think of, of you and, and your work and your sister and all of that? Uh, they're all really impressed and they're they're super supportive about it. And they'll help me like. Like I was um, preparing for this interview with my dad like all the time and any like podcast interviews I'll have, um, my dad will help me prepare and like my parents will, I'll, ha I'll sometimes let them read my writing. Sometimes I'll make them wait until it's published, which is mean, <laughs> or um, I'll have them read it up until the a point of like a giant cliffhanger and then be like, your, your free trial has ended. You're going to have to wait now. <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, I would love to interview your parents one day. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah, is uh, remarkable. Now, does remarkable. your sister write as well? Um, She's a pretty good writer. I don't know um, if she's as into writing as me, but I've um she's written. I remember back in the middle of the pandemic, she wrote a really, really um, good, really scary um short story because she's into horror. I do think she likes to write. She's a pretty good writer. What's her main interest then? Um, so she's an aerialist, which is like aerial silks. It's um really really cool. It's like I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like they're the silks, and you like do tricks yeah. kind of like flip on them. Yeah. Yeah. And she's also into forensic science. Of course. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> so so she does gymnast. It's basically gymnastics holding on to these. Yeah, kind of like gymnastics. Yeah. Cirque du Soleil kind of sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. So where did you guys get this uh, this flair for, uh, you know, you said your mom was a musician, but your dad, or a magician, magician. your dad wasn't really into that. Do you well, have grandparents? Um, like, my dad makes, like, songs sometimes. My dad, like, is kind of a musician, is a musician, too. I'm trying to think what my grandparents did. I feel like my grandfather writes. Not sure. Um, yeah, that's the only living grandparent I have, so... Well, well, Shanti, I have to ask you, and there has to be, with the number of books you have published and that you have in the pipeline, as it were, you must have a publisher that is, is seeking you or an agent or somebody that would like to talk to you about representing you. Do you have anybody coming around or are they? I don't. I've, to had, um, I've had companies call me before, but they're like, they want money in advance and I'm not going to pay money. That's not the way to do it. I like... I'm starting to think about like approaching publishers, like with my, um, one of the books I wrote, which was my 12th, that one I might try to get an agent for because it's like one of my best works, I think, but it also, it needs a significant amount of work. Well, you've been writing for so many years. Yeah. It's, I know how tough yeah. you, you know, <laughs> I can tell you this, time. I, I can tell you this, you want my advice? Um, an agent will come calling and an agent will not charge you a dime because yeah. they, if they don't recognize the amount of, of unending talent and ability that you have, um, they're goofy. And so yeah. I can put you in, I can put you in touch with a couple that would, uh, uh, that would love to love to work with you. But, really? um, I think, I think you've got lots of time. Enjoy. Hell, you haven't even been to high school yet. Wait till you get there. Yeah. That'll be fun. I know, that's gonna be like I'm worried like between like schoolwork and writing like I won't have much time for anything else I do think I have like I don't know I'd write for 
try that like an hour every day and I write a thousand words every day. So I can probably do that high school, but often I'll um like for one of my books, um, this is gonna sound insane, but um it's called no. The Accidental Inspiration and it was my most recent release and it's a almost seventy thousand word novel and I wrote it in sixteen days. I wrote four thousand to five thousand words every day and then five days later I had done like kind of finished proofreading it and then it kind of sad dormant until I figured out what I wanted to add to it. <laughs> See, <laughs> you, you have to forgive us because we're old and you have the energy that you have is so directly connected to your mind and you're able to just, yeah, write a thousand words a day. This is my 12th book. And you've got these, all these levels that are, are pouring out of you all at once. It leaves me in awe. I've got to ask, what inspires you? I think it's a number of things. Like, I've always wanted to kind of see, like, my books in bookstores. I want to change the world with my writing, kind of. And it's like, it's like I have long-term goals and short-term goals. I think I'm inspired. I don't know. There's, like, a number of different things that, like, inspire me to write. It's, like, not, like, one sure thing. And it changes, too. So when you sit down to write... Are you driven to sit down and write based on a feeling? Is it based on a habit? Uh, what is what is it uh, when you sit down and write? What is the first uh, feeling that comes to you? Um, generally, it's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in this chapter? But I don't generally plan what's going to happen in the books in advance. I have like basic ideas of what I want to happen next. It's like a lot of people plot their whole books out. And yeah. I I've done that, like, where I add things I want to happen, but I have this very loose outline I follow. So generally, my first thought is, what I want to happen, how is this going to be interesting, and uh, what's the worst thing that could go wrong in this story? And usually, I will make the worst thing go wrong. Excellent. So when you sit down to write, you don't have something in particularly each word picked out. You're going to sit down, and the thoughts are going to come to you as you write them. That's your process. Generally, I have, like, nothing in mind. Sometimes I'll have, like, one major scene I have in mind, and it'll usually have to happen, like, a little later. So I'll try to – I've spent the whole um, time writing, trying to build up to it and adding scenes, like, building up to it. And then, like, the next day, I'll write that big scene. And then nice. that kind of – that's also a way to make – so the story's not really short and kind of um, cramped together, that it has time for, like, there be, like, transition to scenes and scenes that are important – not for the action, but like building character relationships and developing the characters. Right. So, By the way, for those of just just wanted to point out, Eric, that in order to write six or a thousand words in an hour, you have to write sixteen words every minute. That's every single minute to get the, to get I, that um, done. Yeah, generally. Um, Trying to think, I usually time it's like sometimes it'll take me 45 minutes to write a thousand words, or um, once I had it took me 30 minutes. That was when I was writing The Accidental Insurgent, which is probably my favorite book I've written. Like, I don't know how I feel about the writing style it's written because it's in this kind of not exactly vague writing style, but this not like overly detailed, overly descriptive writing style. Like, it, it leaves a lot up for the reader to kind of imagine but it's like this really fast-paced awesome like story where literally there are twists and turns every chapter something goes wrong every chapter and that one I was just writing and like the story was kind of I felt like it was writing itself like I was just like this is an idea and I would just straight up write it without thinking about it and I was able to do about 2,000 words an hour or a thousand words in 30 minutes and I ended up doing 4,000 to 5,000 words a day for that book and that was over the summer <laughs> That's that's just that's Eric. Can you? <laughs> I, I don't think that huh? you can write a thousand <laughs> what a thousand words in an hour if it was the same word. <laughs> yes, I could. A two 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 two. <laughs> that I I I tell you, have you had? And, and in all seriousness, have you ever had writing courses? Have you studied writing? Um, do you do that in school? I, so I have, I'm in the um, creative writing elective at my school, but that's just where I, my, I do my writing. I have a writing coach who's really awesome, and she helps me um, kind of edit and um, do my marketing. But, like, I have not taken, like, writing courses. I used to want to take a college course back at the beginning of um, seventh grade, but, like, I've never really had the time to do that. So I don't think like, I've actually ever taken, like, a 
writing like course or anything. But at some point, I am actually um, going to teach a writing workshop for teenagers. So yeah, oh, very cool. You could teach that for adults right now. I'm telling you, because you've got you've got a clear, concise message of what you want to accomplish with every book, with every turn of phrase, with every with every scene that you write. You've already got it mapped out in your head. Do you know how unique that is? It's like. I don't know. It feels it feels so normal to me, but I do think it's definitely pretty uncommon. Well, if if it wasn't, we wouldn't be sitting here talking to you because and speechless. <laughs> and we're speechless. Yeah, because, because I looked at your bio and I said, like Eric said, there has to be a typo here. It's a typo. There's not possible that you could be you could. But on the other hand, I I interviewed a young lady. She's 14, singer songwriter. And she's uh, really relevant about what she does as far as singing um, um, songs that that oh, she wrote a song about the uh, uh, pandemic and, and, yeah. and stuff. So there are people like you that are out there. It's just it's just remarkable to see somebody like like you um, that is that is doing this. So if you were to add up all of the sales from all of your books, do you have any idea how many books you've sold? I've tried. So it's like, I generally separate the books, like when I've sold them, when they were on sale. So probably a couple hundred, like, um, that were full price, maybe around that and around, um, what was it, like 6,000 or something. I feel like bad, like, saying it because it's a ton. It's like 6,000, um, on sale books. Wonderful. Now, who do you like to read? What, what who are some of your favorite authors? Or and when do you have time to read? Yeah. I really um let's see. So my favorite book is The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chosky. And oh, I don't know, I that author that. has one other book and I own it. I haven't read it yet because it's really long. I um, love The Book Thief by Marcus Duzak. And um, in terms of books by an author, like the most books by an author that I've read is probably um, Lee Margugo, who, who um, wrote um, the whole Grishaverse series. And I have read every single book in that series. Wow. So you, you spend a lot of time reading, a lot of time writing. What other things does a 14-year-old girl do? So I um, really like doing free running, which is essentially parkour and gymnastics, kind of. Sure. Oh, sure. And that's something I really love. I used to do um, skateboarding, but I kind of had to stop just because it was in the middle of the pandemic and the park was getting really, really crowded. But I um, ended up, I had a skateboard ramp at home, but I ended up um, selling it just to... For books so i could um do more marketing actually because i really wasn't using it what, do I think? what else do i like to do um well it's like because of the pandemic so many of my extracurricular activities have kind of slowed so then i've just been resorting to reading and writing and see, i do love um playing with my cats i spend when i'm not generally at home when i'm not reading or writing i'll be with my cats and i'll be like playing them or giving them playing with them or giving them treats and stuff I just like how many cats do you have? Hmm. How many cats do you have? Um, I have three cats. One of them, she's really old, but I've literally, I've literally had her my entire life. Um, she she was there before my sister and I were. So, but she um kind of lives in my parents' room now because we have two other cats, and they're a year old. Uh, their names are Apollo and Eclipse, and Apollo is my kitten, Eclipse is my sister's. But like, I love them both equally. So, and I'm trying to think. Like Apollo is the one who I mainly like. Eclipse is all over the place. He'll be running around and stuff. And Apollo's kind of slowly grown a little more like tired and kind of just like chills all day. <laughs> well, and the and the older cat w- wants to be in mom and dad's room because the ki- mm-hmm. the kids are just too much. The little kids. Yeah, she um, it took her probably about twelve years, twelve thirteen years before she really warmed up to uh, my sister and I. Like she used to run away from. Her. I used to. Actually, still, I used to write about her, and she had a twin brother. Cats, we had twin cats and twin um, kids, and she had a twin brother. He died in 2019. But I used to write about both of them a lot, and I have found stories dating back to when I was about five, six years old that I wrote about them. It's like oh, the adventures wonderful. of Strider and Jasmine. That's wonderful. Can we hear out of one of your books maybe a paragraph or two, some kind of an intro? I would love to hear something like that. Don't have them with me. That's okay. okay. I could maybe read actually from my phone if you'd like. Sure. All right. Sure. Let's see if I have them on. 
Apple books or anything. I find this fascinating. <laughs> well, for somebody like you, Eric, that is a writer yourself, and I know that I know that you sweat over every word, and uh, you want to make it just so and and stuff, and it's difficult to do sometimes. Uh, to have somebody that is that clearly is is gifted and and the the, the words just come through her. You it's, are connected, man. I can um, read. Let's see if I can load it up. I can read the first paragraph of Biomlock. Not. I'm not going to read the. The prologue's kind of long and like not is like the first paragraph of Biomlock is. I really like it. So. Cool. And it's um about the the point of view of the main character essentially kind of waking up on a day that's very important and also very much could get him killed. So. The boy was no more than a number, a hardly spoken name staring up at the boring white walls at his dormitory in the Children's Institute, waiting for a sentence of what would likely lead to his demise. The boy, however, had a name, Griffin. Griffin was ordinary, haunted, and more than thrilled to leave the Institute, especially what ha after what had happened there. He never enjoyed leaving things up to fate, but sure enough, that was his only choice with the biomlock. Wow. That is nicely set up. <laughs> Thanks. It's like... It's like the writing in my books like changed so much. Like I was gonna read originally, uh, I was thinking about reading the opening paragraph for Zyle Delane, which was the book I published before Biomlock. But that one is a lot more complicated than the Biomlock one. It's like uh, Biomlock, it's straightforward. There's this boy, his name's Griffin, and essentially he's about to die. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh good. <laughs> Actually, that's the opening of a lot. I feel like a lot of my books have characters that are about to die. They're about to die. Interesting. Now, now, do they do they find a way to survive uh, yeah. in your in your books? Okay, they'll find uh, most of my characters will they'll find these like narrow ways to survive. Or like, I have one scene in one of my books where their characters are in this building, actually just a small house, and it's burning, and the door is like locked, and they have to climb out of this like broken window while the flames are like right there, and it's that scene was pretty insane. I think um, my dad just got to that part in the book and he was um, telling me like, why do you torture them? And I was like, oh, that's my favorite part. <laughs> dad, they're not real. It's a, it, they're, they're fictitious. See, he's worried what's going to happen to him when he gets in the nursing home. That, that's the <laughs> sentence right there. <laughs> what do I have to look forward to? Speaking of which, what are you looking forward to? You've, you've accomplished so much in, in such a short time. Uh, what 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 do you want to do with yourself? I know being a writer is one thing, but if you if you could if you could wave your magic wand and look forward twenty years, where would you be? I think I'll be still writing first, but I think I might be. Um, I want to help people. I want to help victims of bullying and stuff like that. I want to like. I guess I want to help people, and I want to change the world with my writing. Like, I um, read a book um, from the author of the book Speak. I don't know if you've heard about that one. It's called Shout, and she was um, talking about how she goes and she speaks to um, schools about sexual assault, and she goes and speaks to children. And I think that would be something I want to do about bullying, and actually that topic too, because um, that's a part of you won't know her name too of that poetry book. So I want to speak to people about my books. And I think I want to help people. I want to also. I think I want to help other teenagers be able to write their first books. I've spoken to a few people a little older than me and around my age, like, I want to write a book. And of course, that's a thought a lot of people have, but they just don't have the time to do it or they don't have the motivation to do it. And I think it's like, it's entirely possible. I'm I'm here. I did it. So I want to help other people be able to achieve that too. Eric, have you got, what, 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 what's on your mind? Well, I'm tempted to call her because, you know, I've finished a children's book. And I've got the illustrations, and I'm looking at a program on how to, uh, you know, self-produce the book, self-publish the book. And uh, there's always that, um, probably no, other writers. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Um, there are ways to do that. So do you have illustrations? Yes. A friend of mine did the illustrations, and they're, they're wonderful. I mean, what you could do is, this is going to sound kind of insane, but the um, program Canva, I've known authors that have done that, or a uh, photo not Photoshop, something similar to Photoshop. The, um, I'm blanking on the name, but Adobe has one of those. It's like Canvas free though. And you can like upload it, um, illustrations and format the text and like get a print PDF of it. I think I've tried to do that. I um, did a children's book while I was still writing Biomlock. It was about my cats, but I reached out to an illustrator who could not work with me because I was 12. Really? 
they wouldn't yeah. work with you because you're 12. I haven't had a like design. I don't know. I haven't had that many designs. Like normally, I just I said my age, and I was like, I am 12 years old, and I'm running a book. And it's like because of the you have to sign a contract and stuff. I could not do it, but it's like I can get my parents to do it. I think yeah. generally it's not that big of a deal, but it's I think it's also like maybe they didn't want um like me to do that without my parents' permission because it's like that involves spending money and they don't want this random 12-year-old to just pay them and then their parents are like, wait, you weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> Give me the money back. Yeah, I get that part. I get that part. Well, I, at 14, you're only going to be um, 14 for a very for a very short period of time and then soon you'll be 18 and uh, um, then you'll be able to be the master of your own ship and write your own contact contracts mm -hmm. and do whatever yeah. you need to do but I, it sounds to me like your parents are, are being very supportive and are, are working mm -hmm. with you are they as amazed as we are uh, that you're able to do this yeah they're pretty much everyone I've talked to has been like really impressed. I've had people not believe me and like say that they thought um, my parents did that for me and wrote all the books for me. It's like, it's not true. It's not as difficult as it seems to sit down and write. It's like I had a teacher like think my parents did it for me. And I was just really <laughs> and like, yeah, I had, um, well, it was a math teacher who was not very supportive of my writing. And I know it was like, okay, who wrote this book for you? Because I had this 800 page manuscript of Biolock and I brought it to school one day to show my friends. And because um, we have reading time and I wanted to kind of annotate the book because I was doing these annotations to add stuff to it and kind of remove stuff. And he was like, okay, who did this for you? You didn't do this yourself. And I was like, I did. You can't argue with me about it for like five minutes. But wow. no, I did it myself. I can prove I wrote the book, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's too I I you know, on behalf of adults everywhere, I apologize for that. That yeah. man was short is short sighted and uh he should be celebrating the uh the ability that you have and encouraging you to do more with it. Because I'm and I'm so glad to hear you say you want to help people. And and to help bullying and and get that get that hopefully down, uh, so that you know kids don't have to deal with that. Um, I would ask you, <laughs> I would ask you if it's worse now than it used to be. But how how would you know? How would you? It's like so in terms of like I haven't had I've had that person do things to me since she hasn't physically touched me, which is good. She hasn't you know choked me or um, done anything like that because that's what happened two years ago and it was traumatizing i'm still working to try to get over what happened and it's like i've been you know have using it. it's like it's been getting better um in terms of that person is still doing things to other people and i think i get that they don't i don't know they don't want to explore but like they need to help this person learn not to do it in the sense that they need to punish this person and they also need to not like i had a conversation with this person like with a teacher like our person administrator at school there who let this person deny everything and say, you made this up because you hate me. And it was stuff that it wasn't stuff that happened to me. It was stuff that happened to my sister, that my sister wasn't there to be able to say, no, you did that. And that was horrible because they let it happen. They were like, okay, we hear you. We're listening to you. Your opinion is valid. When all she was doing was trying to pretty much made me think I was insane and that none of it happened even though I learned about it while I was, I was actually used to be friends with this person and I learned about it while I was still friends with that person. And, but well, except what happened to my sister, you know, isn't my story to tell. So I don't want to go too much into detail about that, but. I know I, I understand. And at one point mm -hmm. your, your sister does need to, to stand up for herself. Uh, mm -hmm. but oh, she's, the, yeah. she's, um, she's, she's good at that. It's like, okay. Like, Oh, good. I, by the way, do you have a website that we can reference for you? I do. Um, it's shantihershenson.com, and I just updated it recently. I had forgotten to change the Axel Insurgent from pre-order to um, purchase now. So it's like I changed it, I fixed it, and I have all of my um, press and stuff on there. So I'll, I'll also um, post this interview on my website. Yay. Oh, good. I appreciate that. that. That would be awesome. So uh, Shanti... Can I, Eric, her last name, please. Hershenson. Thank Shanti you. Shanti Hershenson. Shanti Hershenson. You're going to, you know, 
you're going to be very famous one day. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We'll be thinking about you for quite a long time. We're keeping our eye out for your name. Now, did you, did you read uh, Harry Potter? I actually, I read parts of it. I haven't actually read the whole thing yet. I, um, let's see. I know my sister read it. She's a very good reader. She reads a lot too. And I know she, um, read it a few years ago and I kind of read a bit of it with her, but like, I'm trying to think, what was I reading? Like when I was like eight, do not remember <laughs> what I was reading when I was like, I have a whole shelf of books I read around that age. I was reading the Sunday Beyond comics. <laughs> And then taking a break. <laughs> I was I was reading about Archie and Jughead. Yes. <laughs> you know you know who those are? Those are good. Those are. Uh, I have um, seen the comics. Like I don't yes. think I've read them, but I've seen like the comic books. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, I tell you, I tell you what, it's just it's so frightening. To, to, you, I it's, you are an honor to to talk to. Thank uh, you. I, I am absolutely thrilled to be able to. Uh, sit here and and uh, and talk with you because you are you are you're a prodigy and you've got your head on straight. Um, you know I'm sorry that you were bullied, um, and uh, but but you know one of the reasons that you wrote an 800 page book is to hit her over the head with it if she bothers you again. Um, That's true. Yeah. Be, 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 make sure it's a hardcover um, because you, you don't deserve I'm getting hardcovers of some of my books now <laughs> yeah it is, is like I'm going to make this change I'm going to make sure that this happens it's, awesome. there's a lot of really like if um you or anyone who's watching this reads you want to her name you will be horrified <laughs> like I have had um, adults read it and be like just absolutely horrified, but they thought it was a good book, so that made me happy. <laughs> well, it's got. I, I hopefully, hopefully, this child, whoever this child is, uh, will get some counseling, and her parents will help her realize that that uh, um, being a bully is not the way to go. Um, it, it just isn't, and and eventually she's going to wake up and realize that that. Uh, she's been a horrible person and hopefully she'll be able to make the corrections. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would like to tell our audience before we let you go? And thank you so much for taking the time. You could, you could have written a thousand words in this time. <laughs> I, I feel like we kind of <laughs> held her back. <laughs> would you, would you, can we, can I ask you a personal favor? The next, every time you publish a book or you get a new book out, can can you come on my show so that we can talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That I would love yeah. to follow your career, uh, to see to see where you Thank go. You. I'd love to meet you, and I'd love to meet your parents. Tell your mom and dad I would love to do a podcast around them as well, uh, because they that. Okay. They're like it's like holding a tiger by the tail is what they've got in you. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's a, yeah, it's obvious your parents have a good handle on on what happens in the world. You know, just talking to you. My parents are really cool. Yeah, just talking to you, you can tell that you understand a lot of things that most people take a long time to learn, regardless of age. Mm -hmm. It takes a long time to learn some things. And you've got a great handle on things. Yeah. And it's such an honor to talk to you. You know, this is why I brought up the word prodigy. And Kevin talked about uh, another one, uh, Bolo, Bolo Sings. And you're you're in that category. We're so happy that uh, the generation that you're in is coming up uh, two, three generations behind us. But it makes us feel more comfortable with the world and what we're going to eventually leave behind. And knowing people like you are, are out there is just, uh, that's what I have to say. Thank you. It's a, You're going to, you, you, you don't think anything less than the fact that you can change the world. Because mm. you can. Thanks. Yeah. Like, I'm going to change the world. <laughs> Yeah, I can see it. Do you know that I there are people that are twice my age that can't even say that? Uh, they say, I would hope to. I think I might. It would be great if I could. And you already have it down by saying, I will. 
and that's a whole different thing. And Shanti, it's been such a pleasure having you here. Is there anything you'd like to tell our audience? Anything at all that you'd like to tell our audience? Not sure. I don't think so. In a thousand words or less. Would you like a pen and paper? <laughs> you can write it down if you want. I'm not even sure I can speak 16 words a minute and be coherent. Only thing I can think of is that I'll have a new book coming out, hopefully by the end of November, if not early December. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> How many pages is that one? Oh, it's only about 100 pages. It's a novella, and it's for um this my uh, Zyle Delane series, and it's the third book in the series. So it's like the last one for a bit, and it's this um really epic um kind of ghost story, like fantasy story, and it's like I've been working on that Ooh. series since while I was writing Biomlock, actually a little before, in some parts. So I was thinking about it, and it's like finally coming to an end. But now I'm writing a new novel that's um, related to that series. So. Fantastic. Do you have kids that are friends of yours that have read your writing and read some of your books? Are they waiting with bated breath to get the new um, um, episode out? It's like I, some of them and I have um, all my relatives are really, really supportive and are um, – probably waiting to read i end almost all my books on these really really horrible cliffhangers <laughs> so got a lot of people waiting there's a, there's a guy i want you to meet i haven't met him yet either but if i ever run across him his name is steven spielberg i don't mm. know if you know who that guy is <laughs> but he he uh did uh, uh, a series called uh, raiders of the lost ark and it was like in the 1930s serial style, which is kind of what yours is. And at the end of every episode, there was a cliffhanger that uh, had made sure that people turned tuned in to see if the hero was going to get his arms chopped off or whatever is going to happen to him. Um, so, you, you know, it's a great style of writing. Keeps people coming back for more. It's like, regardless on whether or not they like the book, which if they liked it at least a little, then they're going to read the next one and the next one until I decide to give the reader a little pause. But even still, even with the third book, spoiler-ish, um, there's still, it's still like, there are definitely going to be more books. Like it may close some things off, but it's also opening more possibilities. Excellent. Oh, that's just, Actually, all of them. Excellent. Even the ones that aren't supposed to have sequels do that. <laughs> Wow, that is Good just for you. That is it's just like phenomenal. Even, even the book I wrote about bullying offers at the end of a hope for the for a future. It's like I don't know. I don't want to write a sequel for that book, but it's like that one is just even even though I don't want to write a sequel, it has like the opportunity. It's like it's basically kind of this call to action for like change, kind of, and how things need to change. And I think that part was like excellent about it. I, I I can't believe that you haven't taken any writing classes and and you're talking yeah. about calls to action and stuff <laughs> like yeah. I, you're amazing. I, I that's all I can. Yeah. Good for you. Good you're for the, you. You're you're the coolest fourteen year old I've met this week. Thank you. <laughs> I don't meet many four year fourteen year olds. Just so you know. Uh, <laughs> but you're sure there's nothing else you'd like to add? Don't think so. We're Eric? going to look forward to having you back. We're going to look forward Thank to having you. you back. This is exciting. It'll be fun to see what you do and how often you do it. You know, you're like the book, your own book of the month club. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> I think it's like I'm going to either do one book per month or, or one book every other month. <laughs> where do you come up with it? Before we go, I just got to ask you, where do you come up with all the ideas? Oh, they're random things. Like, I had um, one today based off of like just, I can't remember what it was, it was like a writing prompt that completely changed in this ridiculous thing and wrote it in my um, math notebook today, which I might have left at school. So my teachers are getting to read my new writing idea. But it's like, I just see random things and I'll be like, this could be a book. And even if it's like a horrible, horrible idea, I'll still write it down. And some, not all of like my best books have been that. Now, do you do you uh, do these ideas just like pop into your head? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you'll be like, oh, "That's a good idea," and um, I'm trying to think which ones did I like. I like write down. Like I had um, 
one, I kind of had this really weird, crazy dream. And I was like, this needs to be a book. And I didn't start writing that, but I did plot just a little bit of like the characters and things. So one of like, so that one might happen. I'm trying to think, where did the, um? so my Xyle series, which is probably one of my most popular ones. It's a series of novellas that's are like giant cliffhangers. And that was just like, kind of based on like a feeling of both like nostalgia, but kind of fear and sadness kind of combined. And that's what that one um, was kind of inspired by. You just said the right word that you get, you get inspiration. Don't know where it comes from, but uh, I, I tend to think it comes from somewhere on the other side. And they're saying to you, you know, you, you're just, this is for you to write. So, and you're, you're so good. And we appreciate it. Like, occasionally it'll be like real events, like with the bullying where it's like, I want to help people. So I'm going to um, like write a book about bullying that one, I I had plotted that book for so long and like written different first chapters. And eventually I just decided I am going to tell this in poetry. And um, fun fact about that, none of the characters have any names. Like the girl and her sister are the two best characters in the story. I um, like I got my sister to read the book and she loved it. So she can go with me to some like events and like speak about it with me. And um, none of the characters have any names. It's like the girl, the person, the um principal the vice principal the teachers and it's all like it still tells the story perfectly and it's like nobody has a name the parents don't have a name it's just the mom um the dad and it's all in these like kind of short kind of almost poems that like seem like they could be written by someone that's like 11 which is the age of the characters and it's also unclear who is telling the story <laughs> that's brilliant mm-hmm. eric why don't you why did you do this when you were 11? You and I could I be rich know. today. I know, right? I know. <laughs> it was the comic books. Yeah. Shanti, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. And your thank website you, again, yeah. if somebody wants to go check out your works and buy some, please buy some. Um, ShantiHurchinson.com. ShantiHurchinson.com. And you can go get the regular books and the and hardcover and uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So uh, the one of these days... Amazon and some of the paperbacks have made it. I had some paperbacks on walmart.com for a bit. And the hardcovers are pretty much everywhere online you buy books. Um, I'm working on the bookstore stuff because I'm going to, I'm looking forward to doing books. I bookstores carry my books. Oh, that's awesome. just awesome. Um, I, I hope with the help of your parents, you find the right agent who is going to be somebody that's going to take you and, and put you in the right places. And uh, I, I couldn't wait to see a screenplay by you because I bet you it will be dynamic and you, you could end up be, you could be in pictures this in the movie. This is a great it's website. Like I wrote a few screenplays, but some point. Yeah. I want to write a movie. I want to write the movie adaptations for my books too. So. Oh, that would be uh, that would be awesome. Do you want do, do you want to be an actress? Would you like to star in some of your books? I think I want to make like cameos as like different characters, but like I don't know. I acted in the fourth grade play. Don't think that's enough acting credentials to star in my own movies. But I think I don't know. It's you like didn't the need one much to get to be a coming author, I did you? Would be, the one book that I think would be a really good movie is you. Okay, how did. Oop, come back. Oh, no. Oh, come on. Oh, there she is. Kind of. Good. There, okay. Yeah. You're back. Uh, by, by the way, <laughs> do, you know who, do, you know, do you know who Stephen King is? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. He um wrote the, he wrote a bunch of horror books. I, uh, let's see. My parents he had also... me watch The Shining and um, Misery with their really? movie adaptations because they're about authors. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, and well, he also does cameos in his in his movies. Uh, he never's the star, but he also always figures out a way to put himself in there for a small character. So that could be fun for you. Mm-hmm. So, Shanti, yeah, thank like, you so much for being I'll here. And your website, you. one more time, is uh, shantihurchinson And we will be in touch. Will you uh, email me the next time your when your book comes out at the end of uh, November or whenever it does? Uh, can you uh, email us so that we can do this again? Yeah, of course. Wonderful. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much. You have yourself. Uh, uh, so now what are you going to do for the rest of the day? Um, so I have to go back to school after and I'll finish up my school day and I'll come home and I'll probably write and kind of chill out. It's very cool. Did you take off school to do this interview? Um, Kind of. I uh, left school for an hour. To, like I have to go get lunch after this. So it's like I left school at around 1230, which was in the middle of uh, my fourth period. But I'm going to catch up on all the work. And then I'll probably go back to school around two-ish, around, not around two-ish, but like after I get lunch at 2.30 and I'll probably, um, like, so I have electives after that. So I'll probably check in with my teachers, then do my elective. What kind of <clears> grades <throat> you get? Oh, I get pretty good grades. It's like, mostly A's. I, um, like, I don't know. I don't like having, like, terribly low grades. I don't know. It just stresses me out. I, 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 I don't blame you. Good for you. You, you. you have to tell your math teacher that we said hi. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, this year I have like, so that was in seven, this year I have a really cool math teacher. So it's oh, like good. my math grades are also now like looking at mainly it's like my humanities grades are generally better than like my math ones. But like this year it's like I have a super cool math teacher. So my grades are doing really well. Excellent. Oh, awesome. I hear that. Shanta, you take care of yourself and and uh, tell your folks we want to have them on to yeah. talk okay. about you. Yeah. So that, that would be okay. fun. You have a great day. Enjoy your lunch and enjoy the rest of your school day. All right, you stay right where you. you are. Stay right where you are. I've got to do this, okay. and then we'll be right back. Okay. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other is all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.